Welcome to Peer to Peer, the podcast, brought to you by Rainer. Listen in as we hear from top surgeons having great conversations with their peers about hot and popular topics in ophthalmology. Today we are continuing the conversation with Dr. Nisham, Dr. Botter and Dr. Schmickler for part two of our two episode series about women in ophthalmology, championing women in the OR. Stephanie, if you were going to look back at your career, or if you were going to look back at um, yourself 10 years ago, what advice would you give yourself as as an ophthalmologist, as a prominent surgeon in Germany? I would say um, you have to have a goal and you have to stick to your goal and never give it up. But you also have to look around, which means you have to network and you have to maybe to learn soft skills if you do not have them. Look uh, what we say around the world and not only look, do not look only in ophthalmology. You have to learn from other markets. Um, I think this is very important. I can learn from other markets in order treating patients um, because patients have to trust to you. First is quality, second is trust, uh, which is so important. And uh, yeah, this is- Let me interrupt you there, because I think that's such a a great point. I would love to hear Josefina's take on this. Uh, So what other markets have you looked at uh, to, uh, um, to get pearls of how to work with patients and staff in ophthalmology? Right. So, um, you know, I'm a professor in the University of Buenos Aires. So after, you know, dedicating some time to, to teaching and learning, because to me, when you teach, you learn. Um, I also had, a, like I was saying before, I had a background in economics, but I went back to an MBA and I started from scratch, you know, like a first day, first year student going with younger people, which is great because, you know, you keep updated with everything that is going on around. So to me, at the moment, after you've done your surgical training and you have established your business, sometimes you need to be properly educated into something as an MBA. For me, if I go around, for example, if go if I go out for a weekend, um, I look um, at the hotel, whether I can um, take something home as a message for my practice, for my clinic, or if I go to a museum um, and if they have a good plan how to guide the, pay, uh, the, the people through the museum, I think, oh, would it be something for our practice in order to have a plan how to guide the patients through our um, practice, to our, through our um, clinic, to have a patient journey. And therefore, this is for me learning from other markets or, for example, good service in a restaurant and how the the chief of the restaurant goes around with his employees. This is also very important. So you're looking you're looking to steal employees from wherever you go to museums and restaurants. Is this what I'm hearing? <laughs> Maybe this, but also you know the decoration of a of a room of a hotel room, yeah, uh, which makes it easier. And you have to see uh, patients coming to your practice and clinic, and they are really afraid what is happening, and you want to give them a good atmosphere. That's such a no. I'm obviously I'm kidding, That's although. In the U.S., we've got a workforce shortage in general, so people uh, might be looking for ideas here. But uh, um, Vance Thompson and John Berdahl, uh, they um, 
they have this great, um, in their waiting room, they had copies of this book on um, experience, the experience economy. Uh, and it was something when I first met them that that I uh, picked up and read. And I think it's really to your point to what we're looking at is that ultimately, you know, patients are, they want this experience that's different, uh, that's unique, that's personalized. It's what we all want when we go to stores and we, we look to see yes. how can we elevate that experience so that, as you said, as they're leading through that cataract journey, um, that they have guidance and that they have, they know what to expect and that they come out of it, not only with great vision, but also with feeling that they've, um, they've been well taken care of. And so I definitely think there are a lot of lessons from the hospitality industry, um, from, you know, other, uh, types of, um, that's why I thought the the point was so interesting. Uh, but I think that there are lessons that we can learn that can help our patients have a better experience when they're in our practices. Surely. And you know what? Another industry that I like having looked into it sometimes, it's digital marketing and communication. Yes. Because, you know, young people are they spend so many hours looking, you know, into their screens and their computers and their cell phones that in the way you communicate to them, it's very important. Sure. Then by talking to young patients and young students, I ended up understanding why they spend so much time in there. And that we need to be able to, you know, um, transition into understanding that there are new ways of communicating with patients and those fields are one of them. I, I think that's another, that's a really interesting point. It's been, um, I, I think I was going to touch on the networking aspect and I think the networking aspect and the digital marketing aspect, there are two areas that uh, as young ophthalmologists come into the field, that's going to be different for them than it was even, you know, five, like you said, five years ago. Um, what are there, what pearls for networking um, can you give for younger ophthalmologists? I thank Raina very much for giving us the opportunity to come together today. And I think this is important. And this is something what companies like Raina should do, bring together people, bring together people, not only for scientific reasons, also for networking, because what you learn from a discussion at the at lunch or at dinner from a colleague is much sometimes much more worth than a long presentation you heard uh, during the conference. Unfortunately, we have the codex, but uh, I hope that um, uh, the codex will not be so severe anymore so that the company can bring people together because I did not know um, other doctors before, but then I had Rainer and they did a meeting and I got to know a colleague always wanted to get to know. And this is so good uh, that industry can help us to build yeah. bridges, you know? Yes, yes, that's, I agree with you completely. And also, you know, after the pandemic, a good thing about the pandemic was that nowadays you are one click away of being able to watch any very important professor around the world lecturing about, you know, cataract surgery or cornea or 
or wherever you want to listen or get instructed about it. So it's not the scientific knowledge you're looking for exactly because you're able to, you know, like we said, one click away and then you can basically listen to anyone. So what, what's bringing us together back in in-person meetings I and mean, this sort of experience in podcasts and, you know, interviews or whatever, it's actually the experience, which is what Stephanie was saying. You know, it's the ability to be able to talk to each other and, and to say, well, hey, Lisa, you know what? If I, if I do this, my results are this. And sometimes to be able to do that, you need to be in person or to create different experiences that do not, you know, go back to the old way you wish, we used to teach. And when I say old way, I'm including myself. <laughs> I wasn't going to name any names. Um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> no, uh, I think that they're both excellent points. Uh, what to me has come out of the pandemic is the, the recognition that really a hybrid approach to our learning and our networking is the wave of the future. Uh, because there are certainly things digitally that we can connect now. Even doing this podcast, we're in three different countries and we're coming together to be able to share knowledge, to network with each other, and hopefully to share some great pearls for anyone listening worldwide. Um, and yet exactly what Stephanie was talking about, there's some intangibles that happen when you're in person with, um, with other like-minded surgeons uh, that you can't quite, can't quite put your finger on um, doing virtually, uh, but it certainly opens the doors to make these connections. And I, I agree, Rainer has done a great job of being able to um, pull uh, amazing surgeons together to share ideas, to talk about the Rainer products, that um, the lenses and everything that they make and how we can use those to help patients and pick up these pearls um, that we can help each other with. Um, I do want to acknowledge the, the great things that Rainer is doing to bring people together and give each of you an opportunity to um, discuss um, how you work with Rainer, what's the products they use, how do they support your practice, and um, you know what you value about the collaboration. I started with the Ray One with the hydrophobic lens, and I was really very fascinated because we started to implant the lens during the pandemic. We could, uh, we do not want to have somebody from outside in our OR. We did it with a video, and it went fantastic. And the quality, we were really very happy. And the team from Reina is very, very eager and very busy, and always con uh, contacting us. Uh, it's really, it's. Uh, we have a lot of fun working together. Yeah, it's good fun. Um, so I started implanting Rainer lenses 15 years ago. So I went from, you know, the very old models to the new EMB. And, um, you know, over the years, the, their lenses have been excellent. So that's not a surprise. But um, in the last two years that I've been working with them closer, closer uh, you know, their team, it's wonderful. And, and I'm not just saying this, you know, this is what I actually think. And the last thing that I got involved with was, you know, working with Raypro, the new app. So it's, a, it's an application that enables patients and doctors to be able to collect data 
and to work with big data, not only for Rayner lenses, but any kind of lenses, uh, with a very small questionnaires that have to do with patient satisfaction, that have to do with the kind of implant they have in their eyes. So to me, that's wonderful because sometimes, you know, we as surgeons see our patients, let's say, up till one year after surgery, for example, right? But then three years into their surgeries, you have no data, no idea how they are doing. So to me, that's gonna be some, something really good that once we are able to collect the data, I think it's going to help us. I think that's fantastic is that the digital innovations are certainly the future in ophthalmology, how we improve our workflow, how we improve our collection of, of data to, uh, tailor our offerings to patients and how we can continue to customize the surgeries that we offer, the lenses that we offer. Uh, you know, it's interesting because uh, I'm going to have to reach out to the two of you for all the experience with the Rainer lenses because they're, um, we just got some of the newest ones, the EMV in, uh, in the U.S. And so it's really exciting to have their new technology here for me to be able to use. Uh, what I do have experience with, and hopefully you guys will too, is using Omidria um, for cataract surgery um, to uh, keep uh, the pupil um, dilated. dilated and staying still. Yeah. Um, so perhaps we can continue this exchange of information with, uh, with pearls in the future. Uh, so I wanted to, our, for our last question, <laughs> we wanted to have a bonus, uh, sweet and spicy. Uh, what is one sweet thing, something, um, about, uh, being a leading woman in ophthalmology and maybe one that's a little spicy. So that <laughs> it has a little, controversial perhaps okay. don't don't get us anything that don't say anything to get us taken off of the air but you know uh, <laughs> something that could be debatable I guess <laughs> Josefina do you want to start off this one okay how controversial do you want me to be <laughs> Josefina we have to stay on yeah. we so thought, like a really sweet one is that um, you know like we work in a field that it's so satisfying because you're restoring vision Right, so there's nothing better to than uh, finishing a cataract surgery, and you know the patient, you know, stands up from 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 their uh, from the surgery, and they say, "Oh my God, I can see." It's so satisfying to us, I think. And then a spicy one, especially for young girls, young ophthalmologists, uh, we have to stop making excuses, you know. Mm -hmm. about you know oh because we're girls you know it's harder for us yeah it's hard but it's also good in a different way so take away those preconcepts you know and just know that if you're like I said before it's all about merit if you work hard and you put into the hard work you're going to be able to make it and also you need to plan to planify your life to plan ahead in time like I was saying because you know, if, you're, if your goal is ophthalmology and maternity, let's say, they both can be achieved, but you need to work around your time, you know, and, and when to start doing each one of those things. Because sometimes when you have, you know, little kids, young kids, and you are going to be, let's say, in the hospital 12 hours, then that's going to be a problem, right? So you need to be able to plan ahead. So that's my conclusion. 
I, I love those um, for, and, and I don't think we'll get taken off the air. So we're good. Uh, <laughs> I, the last uh, lecture I gave on negotiation at Academy, I ended it with, uh, you know, negotiation skills take work. It's hard, but guess what? You are incredible surgeons and you do hard stuff every day. So you can do this too. And I think that's exactly what you were saying. Um, Stephanie, uh, please enlighten us with what you would add in sweet and spicy. Sweet, I would say uh, in ophthalmology, it's the way that we women are the, um, the only woman in society, for example, uh, and there are more men. You are exclusive as a woman. Then uh, and you have to get used um, that you are in a group only with men, and then you have to be self-assured if men are only talking about cars and things like this, and you can talk about other things, and then they oh yeah okay, <laughs> and uh, yeah the spicy the spicy is uh, what I would say and give on the way be critical be critical also on products coming on the market um, don't jump on every hype but look at it carefully before yeah, you give it to the patient that's, that's such yeah that is excellent that is excellent i think it's something that we as clinicians as surgeons uh really it's a big responsibility uh, to evaluate the technology and what is best for your patients, but it's something that's critical. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's great in ophthalmology that we have the opportunity to work with so many companies that are so innovative and continue to keep pushing the envelope. And we too have to keep pushing the envelope on what we ask them to do and how we evaluate their technology. So, um, I like both your sweet and spicy one too. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both very much. This has been quite an inform informative discussion and really uh, it's so wonderful, like I said at the outset, to have you know, uh, such incredible women leaders from around the globe uh, coming together to share their thoughts and opinions. And so we hope that all our listeners uh, have gotten some great pearls to take home with you. Uh, thanks to Rainer for hosting this and uh, thanks to both um, Dr. Stephanie Schwinkler and Dr. Josefina uh, Bota for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks, Liza. Join us for the next episode where Dr. Carl Stonecipher sits down with Professor Graham Barrett to talk about the concept behind Ray one EMV. For more information about this episode's topic and to read the show notes, visit the peer-to-peer -peer hub at rainer.com forward slash peer-to-peer. This podcast is provided for general information purposes only. The presenter's views are their own. Rainer does not endorse off-label use. Users must refer to the product labelling and instructions for use for Rainer products in all cases. Not all Rainer products are available in all countries. The full disclaimer can be found in the show notes.